God, I just thank you for this chance to uh, to get here tonight and just to uh, just to dig into your word and see the importance of habits and, and building good ones, God. As uh, we've seen uh, the importance of, of building a habit to spend time with you and and a habit of investing in relationships, God. May tonight we just see the importance of of, of building a habit to to worship you. We got to pray tonight. We just uh, we listen. We pay attention to to what the Spirit is teaching us tonight. That we expect you to move in a mighty way. Um, God may just uh, show something new to us tonight. That uh, in a way that we can just grow closer to you. Come, I pray. Amen. All right. So we are week three of our series called Atomic. We'll be talking about how how tiny things like atoms, right, can can make a pretty huge difference. And when you're engaged in some um, fast-paced, high-stakes activity like driving your car. You've got to pay close attention, especially if you live in Midland, to what's happening around you. People in Midland drive horribly. Um, apparently Mason does not. But have, have you ever, anybody ever looked up and, and not just driving a car, but just anything in life and you've just been like, like your brain had been on autopilot? You're like, how did I get to this point? Uh, maybe you go to the movies and like the employee rips your ticket and is like, enjoy the movie. And you're like, you too. He's working. He's not watching the movie, right? We just autopilot we just say things when we're not really meaning to or um you you walk all the way to your room and you're like why did i come in here it might ever happen that's mostly when you get older just be ready it's going to happen or um you know like i said just i can't tell you how many times i've been driving through midland um and then i, I like i pass like i have a destination i'm going to but i i go somewhere else instead because that's just where my mind is like i always drive this certain place or certain way and i'm like this is not where I wanted to be. I had to like, make a U-turn and go somewhere else. I was on autopilot while I was driving, which is kind of scary. But sometimes we have those habits and routines that are just so deeply ingrained in us. And then we just kind of forget to change things up. And like when somebody's like, you know, when you enjoy your dinner and they're checking, you're buying our food from Chick-fil-A. And we're like, you too. I mean, it doesn't work. But it's easy for us to do things a lot of times without thinking about it. Sometimes when we find ourselves on autopilot, we discover some habits that we didn't even realize that we had. So for the last few weeks, we've been talking about our habits. Sometimes we don't notice how many tiny habits we already have, but even if we don't notice them, they're still really powerful. And over time, our habits begin to shape who we are. So when we don't pay attention to the habits we have, and we don't try to build new habits on purpose, we might look up someday, see the direction that our lives are headed, and think, how, how did I get here? Why, why did I end up in this place? But when we're intentional about our habits, even the small, tiny ones, all those tiny habits we've built can come together to make a big impact, just like in this video. I mean, it's good to have a group of people, right, and just be able to do that. I mean, that's just a dumb, silly video, but I mean, it shows you that how small things, a bunch of small things can add up something really big and make a difference, right? So the last two weeks, we talked about two big habits that can change the course of our lives and faith, spending time with God and investing in our relationships. Today, we're going to add a third habit to that list, and as we do, I want you guys to keep those uh, penguins in mind, because when all these habits are combined, you know, they have the power to 
to lead some pretty big changes in your life. If you have your Bibles or your Bible app, I encourage you, if you use your Bible app, stay on the Bible app. There's no reason to get on another app. If you're too tempted to get on other things, we have real paper Bibles over there, which you may not know what paper is, but that's them over there. So we have Mark chapter 16. Mark 16. There's a passage in Scripture where we find 11 of Jesus' closest friends and his followers, and they're kind of hiding out. It's only a few days after Jesus had been crucified. So Jesus' followers were afraid the same people who killed Jesus might come for them next, which is completely understandable, right? They're like, our teacher who we've been following for three years, they just killed him. They may come after me next. That's, that's understandable that they're kind of afraid. Not only were they scared, they were in mourning too because Jesus had just died. Their friend was dead, and for all they knew, he was never coming back. But as they were hiding, as they were grieving and trying to eat a meal together, here's what happened to Mark 16, verse 9. It says, Now when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. When they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they would not believe it. After these things, he appeared in another form to two of them. They were walking into the country. And they went back and told the rest, but they did not believe them. Afterward, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at the table, and he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. So there's a lot going on in these handful of verses. But I want to make sure you guys caught it. When Jesus appeared to his disciples after, after his resurrection from the dead, what habit did Jesus challenge his disciples to develop? Let's say it out loud. Do what? Exactly. Preach the word. Go into all the creation and tell people about who he was and what he did. So when Jesus returned, after telling them to have faith... His message to his disciples was just this, go and preach the gospel. To go and preach the gospel. As soon as he returned to life, delivering the, the command to go share his story all over the world was at the top of his to-do list. You think about the emotional roller coaster that these disciples must have been on, okay? Just a moment before, they were grieving their dead friend, doubting that Jesus had to, what Jesus had to say about himself and God was even true, maybe fearing for their own lives. Pivot to overwhelming joy and relief because suddenly Jesus was alive. He was there. That's, you guys see, that's a big swing, right? Pivot again to what was probably a little bit of awkwardness, maybe some shame and some fear, because Jesus had some things to say to them. He called them out for their lack of faith. And he told them to do something terrifying, go into all the world, the same world that just killed Jesus, and share the gospel, the same message that had just gotten him killed. Okay? That's kind of a big, that's a, that's a lot to take in in a pretty short amount of time. Uh, turn over to Psalm 27. Psalm 27. So disciples knew Scripture pretty well. Um, most Jewish boys would go, they would study the Torah up until about the age of 13 when they would have their bar mitzvah and they would recite the Torah or they would do a section of it. Um, the really good ones would go on and continue to go become uh, you know, rabbis and teachers and study the, the law. That's what they would become, Pharisees and whatnot. And then you, the ones that didn't maybe become fishermen and like Peter and James and John, right? 
They, 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 knew, they knew the Bible enough, okay? They, or the Old Testament. they knew the scriptures pretty well. So they're probably pretty familiar with Psalm 27. It's a song written by David. When Jesus gave them this mission, I wanted they quoted these passages to each other. It says this, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army camp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war arise against me, yet I will be confident. This is David. This guy was, he was having to run for his life because Saul, King Saul was trying to kill him. And this is, this is what he wrote. You imagine the disciples kind of seeing this and saying these things. You know, in these first few verses, David describes God as his light. For David, God was his truth. God was his goodness and his happiness. Everything positive in his life, it was God. If you were staggering around in a dark room and someone turned on a light, would that be good for you? Anybody ever walked around their house and like stubbed your toe? Anybody ever stubbed their pinky toe? That's like the worst. I mean, that's like going to cripple somebody and knock you down. And so you're walking around in the dark, you can't see, and it's, it's hard to walk around. Somebody flipped on the light, it's easier, correct? That's good news because you can see you're not going to break your pinky toe. So the psalmist in this passage is boldly declaring what God has done for him because God's salvation is good news to him. In the same way, when Jesus told his disciples to go all over the world and preach the gospel, he wasn't telling them to write sermons and become professional speakers. He was telling them to go and share the good news of the light and hope and joy they found through Jesus. If you were stuck in darkness and someone turned on a light, I would hope that you would head toward that light to help guide you to safety. That just makes sense. In the same way, if you're someone who has seen the light of God's salvation, you can turn on the light for others by sharing the good news of what you found. You can be that light for somebody else. David goes on to say how the constant presence of God calmed his fears. Look at verse, starting in verse 4. My bad. One thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to acquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, Seek my face. My heart says to you, Your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger, O you who have been my help. Cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. So Jesus' disciples were probably kind of terrified to follow Jesus' directions to tell the world about the salvation that they found in Jesus. But ultimately, they took him up on that challenge. Why? Probably because they knew he would be with them even when it was scary. And in this psalm, David described the way God was always with him, hearing his prayers, protecting him, and helping him, because that's who God is. The disciples understood that no matter what danger they faced, 
They could find the courage to share the good news of Jesus with the world because God would never leave them alone. And Jesus challenged his friends and followers to share their stories of faith wherever they went because the world needed to know about the light of God's, uh, God's good news and salvation. And Jesus is giving you and me the same challenge. You don't have to be a professional speaker to preach the good news of Jesus. If you were here Sunday and you heard my sermon, the first church I ever worked at, it said every member is a minister. You're not called to be a senior pastor, maybe. You're not called to full-time ministry in a church, but you're called to minister in whatever God has gifted you with. You guys understand that? That If you may not believe me, that's truth. If you're a follower of Christ, God has gifted you with things, and God is calling you to use those gifts to tell people about Jesus. So all you need to do is to share what Jesus has done for you. You don't need a doctoral degree in the Bible or a lifetime of learning. All you need is your own story of faith and the desire to share the good news that has changed your life. And even if you're still deciding what you think about Jesus, like, man, I don't really know if I believe Jesus. I don't know if he's true. I don't know if this is really for me. That's okay. You still have a story to share. Just like the way our small habits can change our lives in unexpected ways, the tiny habit of sharing our faith can encourage and can inspire somebody to follow and change their life forever. So the tiny habits we're talking about in this series, they can impact our lives far beyond anything that we could ever thought possible. So what do you think could happen to your faith as people around you if you made it a habit to share your faith story? I don't know if you guys see those things that have been on the bathrooms on the wall. They've, they've been there for a while to share your story. You have a story to tell. If you're a follower of Christ, you have some story to tell with other people. But this habit, I think, might be the toughest to start because we get caught up worrying how we'll be perceived by other people. You know, we start second-guessing ourselves. Like, maybe we don't see our own value, and we, and we think other people have better things to say than me. They're smarter than I am. They know what they're talking about. They're gonna, someone's going to ask me a question, and I don't know the answer to this question, so I'm just going to stay quiet and not say anything. Maybe we feel like we can't make a difference and think no one will benefit from what we have to say. Or maybe we're still trying to figure out what we think about Jesus and assume this habit is only for people who've got it figured out. Or maybe we feel unprepared to have the perfect story to tell so we hold off letting people into our imperfect lives. But Jesus is inviting every one of us to make it a habit to share our faith stories. No matter where you're at in your faith, where you're at on your journey, you have a story to tell. You can always make it a habit to share where you're at in your journey of getting to know Jesus. My goal is to see you guys look more like Jesus today than you did yesterday. That's what I want from you guys. It's just look a little bit more like him today than you did yesterday. And then tomorrow, look a little bit more like him than you did today. Share your story. That's, people need to hear the hope that you have because this world sucks. We have friends in our lives who may be pulling us down, maybe pulling us in the wrong direction. People who don't want what's good for us. We're hanging around the wrong people. Share your story of who God is and show them, hey, this is, this is truth. This is life. This is who my God is. This is what he's done. What you're doing, this is not, this is not the right way to go. Let me, let me show you who, who truth is and what truth is. Think about your friends, your teammates, your classmates, your bandmates, family members, whatever. We all need to hear each other's faith stories because we all need to be pointed towards Jesus the source of light and joy and hope. How many of you guys have ever just asked the teachers and leaders in here that you have Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights, and just asked, hey, 
Tell me your faith story. Tell me how you came to know Christ. Has anybody ever asked any of their leaders that before? Maybe do that. These people, a couple years older than you, maybe have been around a little bit, have some wisdom, some insight, have some faith stories that they can tell you and say, hey, tell me about how you came to know Christ. Tell me what God is teaching you right now. Adults, when was the last time you asked the students the same things? Hey, well, tell me your faith story. Tell me what God is teaching you. And this can work both ways. Just because it's a, a student-adult relationship doesn't mean we can't grow from each other. I'm guilty of that, too. I'm pointing at me as well, okay? So it's not just, I'm not just mad at everybody, okay? It's, it's looking at me. But how amazing would it be to see one of your friends or family members start their journey of faith alongside you, in part because you made it a habit to share your story. Do you have a friend? We'll be talking about this one life thing. You guys have heard me say it a bunch. I think it's important. Otherwise, I wouldn't be talking about it a bunch. You guys have a chance to influence people in a mighty way. More than I ever could. You guys see this? You guys understand this? Because I can, I can talk to your friends. I can meet your friends. But they're going to listen to you probably more than they ever listen to me. Because I am just some short, fat, grumpy dude, right? I'm some weird guy. They don't really know. Some awkward, creepy man with a beard. And... You're not. You're their friends. And so they're probably going to listen to you more than me. So you have a story to tell them. How cool would it be to know that your friend comes to know Christ because of the story of what God's done in your life that you shared with them, that you had a part in that, that you, can, you have a chance just to say, hey, this is who my God is, and they see how awesome God is through what he's done in your life, and they come to faith in Christ. How amazing would that be? Sharing your faith story doesn't have to take a long time or be a major ordeal. Your story can be shared in tiny moments over time. You're sharing your story can be prompted by a simple question. I'm going to put a few up here. Ask your friends, hey, who's Jesus to you? Who do you think Jesus is? Or ask, has God ever given you hope in a dark time? Or how has your life changed since you heard about Jesus? Has God ever helped you grow in patience, kindness, or courage? What gifts has God given you? What prayer has God answered? What are you learning about God right now? Those are some easy questions. So, I'm going to make this really fun and awkward. I'm going to set a two-minute timer. I want you guys to find one person. I would love it if it's somebody you don't know very well. I'm going to give you guys two minutes. One person is going to talk for 60 seconds, answer one of these questions. The other person is going to talk for 60 seconds and answer one of these questions. So I want you guys to pair up right now. Like I said, I would love it if it was somebody you don't know. It'd be great. So, so pair up. Are y'all paired up? Come here. He didn't know. He was in the bathroom. He was pooping. He don't know. All right, everybody. Have, does everybody have a partner?
Who's who's partners? Who are partners? You two? Awesome. Alright, so I'm gonna say go. One person's gonna answer one of these questions for 60 seconds. I'll say stop. After 60 seconds, the other person's gonna answer one of these questions. Ready? Go. Leah, who are you talking to? Well, you tell them to pick another one. Pick another question and answer it. Don't just sit there in silence. If you finish one question before your 60 seconds is up, go to another one. That's perfectly allowed. Alright, 60 seconds up. Next person. Answer question. You guys can look back at me. Alright, so see, sharing your faith story, it doesn't have to be complicated, it doesn't have to be hard. It can be as easy as a 60 second story about something God has done or is currently doing in your life. That's, that's all, you, all it has to be. Super easy of what God is doing. Of what God is teaching you, what God is showing you. And if you made just a decision for Jesus yesterday, or you're still deciding what you're thinking about Jesus, there's something that we all can do and share. In case you guys have missed the last couple of weeks, we could talk about a thing called habit stacking. It's just an easy, effective way to develop new habits, where you pick a habit that you'd always do, and then put another habit with it. So after, before I blank, I will blank. You already have a ton of habits that you do every day. This is the best one, easy way to do it is to attach a habit that you already do. So first, I want you guys to choose a habit you want to develop, the, especially with this. You know, we're talking about, so, you know, this week we're talking about telling people your story. So what part of this do you want to do? What part of telling your story do you want, do you want to answer one of those questions or how do you want to do it? Um, so maybe I want to give you guys some examples because I feel like you may, the way you're looking at me, you may need some help. Before I put my phone in the charger... I'll text somebody and ask them how I can pray for them. That's easy. 
before you guys put your charger on, you know, I mean, your phone on the charger, before you go to bed, text a friend, hey, how can I pray for you? That's going to do some pretty cool things, I think. Maybe after I get out of bed, I'll ask God to show me somebody to share my faith story with today. I promise you, you ask, he'll tell you, he'll show you somebody. Before I leave for church each week, I'm going to call my one life and see if they want to go with me. After I notice God do something cool, I'll, I'll share it with three friends. You know, find something, find a habit that you already have, and then attach a new habit to it. Because you can't control how somebody responds to your story of faith when you share it. You can't control that part. The only thing you can do is share and be obedient. The only way you'll be, unsuc- you'll be unsuccessful in sharing the gospel, sharing your faith story, is to not share it. Okay? Sharing your faith story, that's going to that's, be successful because you're being obedient to what God is calling you to do. But in the process, some, someone will always be transformed. Sometimes it may be them. Sometimes it might be you, based on what God is teaching you. So when you share your story, you might encourage others to start their own journey with God, which would be pretty cool. God, you know, it'll definitely help you grow in your faith and get clear about who God is to you. When you see these things, you make an effort to do these things. Because your story matters because it's evidence of God's light and good news in your life. Even when our stories are imperfect, our stories are unfinished, our stories can help other people discover the truth of God's love. So this week I want to make sure you guys make it a habit to share your story. Let's, let's pray. God, may they see that they truly have a story, that you are working in their lives, that they see the evidence of those things, God. The, the, the answer prayers, those things you're teaching them throughout the day or while they're at church, things that they're reading in your word. God, the different things that you're doing in their life. God, may they see that as evidence of you and and. And your provision and your hand in their life, may they just believe that to be truth. May they just have the courage to share those things with other people, that they can see what you're doing in their life, God. People may be drawn to who you are. God, may they just be obedient to that. Pray for this next little bit of time in these small groups, God. May they just, can just go a little bit deeper and dig a little bit deeper into this to uh, see the importance of, of sharing our story. In your name I pray. Amen. All right, I guess we'll do uh, three groups tonight. I mean, two groups. We'll do two. Yeah, we'll do two.